Marianne Ross and Joni Holman are the owners of Supply Chain Mavens Incorporated, a fast-growing corporate training company with global reach. Our 30-minute bi-weekly podcasts deliver inspiration, humor, and reality, featuring interviews with authors, consultants, executives, and experts who share their personal success stories. If you're new to supply chain or need a career boost or are exploring a move into a different field within the supply chain universe, join us for refreshing candor and innovative new ideas. Hi, I'm Marianne Ross with Supply Chain Mavens, and I'm here today with my best friend and business partner, Joni Holman, and we're here with another one of our best friends. Uh, Michael Ford is going to tell us all about his supply chain background. So, Joni, let's take it away. Mike, would you like to introduce yourself for us? Uh, sure. Thank you very much. And I do appreciate the Mavens giving me this opportunity, not only as a professional, but as a personal. I always enjoy working with Marianne and Joni. It, it is such a pleasure. Uh, this is where we say there is the uh, intertwining of personal and work relationships. And I think that's where it works best when people have the shared values and beliefs. Um, it's interesting. I was speaking with somebody earlier today who had mentioned how their background was as a geologist and they eventually ended up in supply chain. And uh, so I'm proud to tell people, you know, I got degrees in engineering and I see lots of engineers end up in supply chain. And uh, so, you know, I had a background in distribution and manufacturing. And I think uh, this is very similar to Joni and Marianne in the late nineties after getting APEX certified, I thought, gee, I'd like to teach these classes as well. And for a quarter century now, I have been doing business as TQM Works Consulting, doing certification classes not only for ASCM, I've done ISM, and uh, lately been doing more ASQ certifications. And while quality and supply chain and operations management has been my bread and butter, I like to think I've developed a reputation as being the guy you call when you say a client has a course, who do we call uh, to teach that? Uh, so wide variety of offerings. I've done workshops on how to buy a used car, total family fitness, et cetera. Uh, so celebrating a quarter century on my own as an independent consultant in this line of work. Congratulations on the 25 years, Mike. That's pretty awesome. That's, I mean, we've known you for a little bit longer than that. So you're kind of like our brother from another mother. So, Holy goodness. Thanks. We are so happy to have you with us. And our first question for you today is, Mike, why do you think supply chain rocks? Well, I'll tell you, Joni, one of the things that I think, uh, I, I trust maybe you and Marianne have also noticed with COVID, the rest of the planet realized there are <laughs> supply chains. It's as if most of the planet thought, you mean to tell me the paper towel factory is not right behind the Walmart? Are you <laughs> kidding me? Uh, so this is something that you say you convert a threat into an opportunity. 
And it just seems like the realization people understand, not only do we have supply chains, there are global supply chains. And at times when I speak to somebody who's maybe just local in upstate New York, and they say, well, I don't think global supply chains apply to my business. You know, I buy everything locally and I just sell to people in Binghamton or Scranton or Ithaca. And I say, well, uh, miss or mister, maybe you think that's the case, but you've got competitors who are global or you're competing with somebody online. So everybody has a supply chain. I've got a buddy who is a carpenter superintendent. So his building supplies have a supply chain. Another one of my best friends is an auto mechanic. His parts have a supply chain. Another one of my buddies is a radiologic technician at a hospital. Hospitals have supply chains. So I think supply chain rocks because every possible business has a supply chain, whether it's a product that is a physical good or it is a service. So we talk about acquiring goods and services upstream and delivering them downstream. The other thing that I think is important, and I really stress this in all my classes, whether it's a quality class or a supply chain class, everybody, in my view, whether you work for a for-profit, a nonprofit, or government, everybody is a customer service representative. Mm -hmm. That's everybody's job. From the CEO to the third shift maintenance crew, you're all customer service representatives. We're all quality assurance engineers and we should all be supply chain enablers. Sometimes that's directly involved because we're in procurement or we're in manufacturing operations or distribution, but it could be finance, human resources. It's a support. So everybody's got to support this supply chain, particularly when we call it the value chain. Mm -hmm. Somehow your job better add value. And if you, you can't think of how it adds value, I'm sorry, I'm going to tell, tell your firm you should be dismissed. If, if you are not somehow contributing to the supply chain, you have added cost without adding value. Uh, so I, I like to encourage people to, to think that way. That's why I think supply chain rocks. I think that's cool. That, that was a great answer, Mike, and absolutely true. It's what we love about supply chain. I want to double back to something that you mentioned a moment ago when you said that um, one of the blessings is that is when professional relationships like three of us share become personal relationships as well. Uh, we go back a long way, the three of us, and we've had some really great times together. In all of the years that I've known you, I've known little pieces of your backstory but would you share with our audience how you managed to get into supply chain? Uh, sure. And uh, I can tell you, I am uh, very proud of having held part-time minimum wage jobs early in my career <laughs> that most of us have either in high school or college or starting out or even part-time side jobs. Um, 
and, and I realized when I was working at a cashier at a little mini mart gas station, I realized I'm more than the person ringing up the goods. And, and I want to stress, this is not something I realize now looking back. It was at the time um, because I remember uh, the bread deliveries in the morning and the milk deliveries in the morning. And I was responsible for checking those things off. You know, so people say, oh, part-time minimum wage, you're a cashier or a clerk. Well, I was actually a receiving clerk and I got to count how many gallons of milk or quarts, the pints of cream, how much going in and how much going out. And I thought about what's going out because it's past the shelf life. And I used to think about, oh, shelf life and stock rotation. Now, I'm not telling you everybody in those jobs thinks of those <laughs> terms. But those of us who have moved on beyond those jobs do, you know, when, when, you know, I, when I have coworkers who I tried to engage in conversation, they didn't really think about that stuff. They said, who cares? And I said, well, I don't want to do this job for the rest of my life. <laughs> now, later, uh, I was working nights in a grocery market, stocking the shelves then I went to work for our supplier, which was a grocery wholesaler. Wow. So I was climbing upstream in the supply chain. <laughs> and um, that's what eventually led me to working in inventory control and later into purchasing. So it, it sort of evolved in, and grew up through practical experience. At the same time, I was working on my bachelor's and master's degree in uh, engineering. And, and I really appreciate having those hands-on jobs. I, I think so much when I teach our classes, I say, friends, I've done the wall-to-wall -wall inventory. Friends, I've unloaded trucks. And one of the great things I really loved was going out on deliveries as a driver's helper. I, I mean, a lot of people maybe not, wouldn't like that, but I enjoyed that because I said, that's where you're facing the customer. You know, working in a warehouse, you don't always think of the customer, maybe, but going out on the driver deliveries as a helper, you, you know, you really understand you got to show up on time. You better have the right product. It better not be damaged. Uh, so I, I stress the idea of thinking how early in our career we can think about how there are supply chain opportunities to advance. That is so awesome. I remember starting out working as a bus girl in a restaurant, but I didn't think I wouldn't think about supply chain back then. So. <laughs> well, I guess, well, you know, when I when your third shift in that mini mart and sometimes you go a half hour between customers, sometimes you have time to think. So I tried to put it to use. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right. So what kind of unique contributions do you think that you have made or what are you proudest of in your long career in supply chain? I We know that you have had many very positive contributions. So what are you the most excited about? Well, I think there's really uh, two opportunities here that I'd like to share. One of them is, I think, in terms of my volunteer experience with either ASCM chapters or ASQ chapters, um, and the opportunity to serve on a board of directors, which for a lot of people, it might be 
our closest opportunity to being senior management. And it's those strategic thinking skills, decision-making skills, planning skills uh, that a lot of us maybe talk about for certification, but maybe don't necessarily experience. And I appreciate serving in those volunteer capacities because it allows us to develop the talent and conduct transition planning. Um, this is why I always like the body of knowledge that was associated with strategic management mm -hmm. of resources that always intrigued me. Thinking about decisions we're involved in that aren't about today and tomorrow, they're about the next quarter or the next year or years down the road. You know, as, as I think of the background I've got on this Zoom call in the mountains there, I'm thinking that's the vision, looking out into the future and how things you can do today impact the future. So I think the volunteer service is one of the big things there of contributions. The other ones is where I've taken part in courseware development mm -hmm. and had an opportunity to take my lifetime of combined education and experience and put that into courseware whether it was serving on an APEX courseware revision or update team or in creating um, courseware as a contract employee or stuff that I create on my own. You know, you're and you're familiar with the stuff we've done together, like Purpleosity. Exactly. It's this is where a left brain anal retentive person like me has an opportunity to be artsy fartsy and be really creative. And I'm still recalling the challenge that the two of you had explaining purpleosity to me, to me back in 2009. And I just, I said, I don't understand what it is. And I forget which one of you or both of you said it's whatever you wanted it to be. And I, the left brain of me was very frustrated with that answer. <laughs> but uh, now, since I decided not to go through life using half the capacity of my brain, now I'm using the right side and I get it. Purpleosity is whatever you want it to be. And so this has helped me grow at the same time when I create courseware to help other people, it simultaneously helps me because it's a different type of thing than say being a planner buyer placing orders. So it's it's just totally different when you work for yourself and you get to have those creative juices going. That is so My, true. That was a great answer. I want to call attention to one more thing that I think that you've contributed to supply chain and to the betterment of, let's say, humanity for all of us. And that when I think back of the events that we attended together as volunteers, the thing that always came through to me was your respect for every single individual that you encountered. We would be busy going from place to place to give these presentations or be involved in these APEX events. And it was APEX at that time, now ASCM. But, you know, we'd look around, where's Mike? And Mike would be the person who'd be the shaking the hands of the waiters who waited on us or the person who was making sure that the bus driver was fed. 
those little things that you did that demonstrated your leadership and your respect for everybody in supply chain is so, so important. And I think if nothing exactly. else comes out of today, all of our listeners should recognize that every single person involved in a supply chain is a person who demands and, and deserves respect. And you always demonstrated that. Thank you. And, and you just, as you were saying that, I'm reminded of the bus driver that played semi-pro football on the side. And I thought, man, if I didn't introduce myself, I never would have learned about that <laughs> nugget. That was just so interesting, you know? Yeah, and you, you brought that out. And everybody we met and came across uh, in our travels is that each person has a story. Each person deserves a, a tremendous amount of respect for whatever job they're doing because it all keeps the supply chain going. I think that's another thing that came out of COVID was the understanding that the truck drivers were just as important as the CEOs and companies because it was the truck drivers and the delivery people and the people working in the factories that enabled us to have those ever important paper towels and toilet paper and so forth. And you're reminding me during some of my recent uh, classes overseas, how very quickly when I'm doing something uh, that's at a hotel, I find out who are the banquet porters or the people yeah. who are going to be setting up the room, refilling the water glasses and stuff. Mm -hmm. And right up front, I'm loading them up with candy. And I'm saying, look, you are much more important to me than the sales manager or the hotel manager. You are my right hand person over the next week. I'm going to be depending on you. I might sometimes be demanding, but that's because we've we have the same customers in the room to take care of here. So uh, uh, let me know what you need to know for me. I'm looking forward to a great week ahead working with you. And, and it's because I've done those type of jobs and I know how tough they can be. And uh, I really appreciate those people because uh, th there's times when you need a flip chart pad or you need adjustments to the temperature or something. And you know, you're just flying solo without that person there, you're stuck. So I, I understand how valuable these people are. And, and I also know, you never know with the economy, maybe Mike Ford's back to loading trucks, or uh, maybe I'll be the person bussing tables. I'm always ready and prepared that that might be me next week uh, doing that type of job. And I'd love it as well. So that leads me to our last question. Uh, you've been a tremendous mentor for Joni and I. Um, when you think about the best advice you can give to newcomers into supply chain, what would you tell them? I've got a couple of pieces of advice, and I will say the first one is generic, whether you pursue a career in supply chain or otherwise. Show up for work. <laughs> be on time. Don't be so entitled. Um, I, I know, I, I appreciate the fact that employees now have a stronger hand than they used to when I grew up or my father's generation. Companies acted like they were doing you a favor to give you a job. And, and I am glad people now see they have choices. Employers can choose who to hire. Well, we recognize we choose who to work for. That said, 
Um, you know, when I hear these stories of people who call in sick, like the second day on the job, I'm just flabbergasted. Un unless I had uh, the, the plague or something like that, I would have crawled into work. Show up, be on time. Develop a reputation as the person who wants to show up early, stay late, get extra projects. That will help you climb the career ladder. Now, I'll qualify that. Be careful that your employer doesn't now decide to take advantage of you and say, oh, Ford will always work weekends. Ford will do the extra work. You do that knowing at performance review, you could say, okay, boss, remember those weekends I worked? So be the go-to person, but do that so long as your employer is going to reward that. So that just generically for any job, um, please develop the work ethic. Um, the other the second thing I would say, be prepared. Your job title is going to change. You're going to move around. My father's generation, if they completed high school or not, they went to the local mill and worked there till they retired or dropped dead. Now it is the exception case that I hear somebody say 27 years with the same company. So be prepared, you're going to move around. And perhaps that's not changing companies, but within a company. Right. And that is very valuable experience. Maybe you work in quality control, you know, you started at receiving inspection and then became a quality control person. Maybe you work in marketing. Uh, maybe you work in purchasing. Moving around will give you the different perspectives that allow you to see everything that makes up the value chain that I had mentioned before. So please be eager for opportunities for job postings within your uh, company and even opportunities to transfer to other locations. It's great to do this early in your career than yeah. after you get to the point where you say, I move from an apartment to a house or settle down with a family. So while you're young, look for those opportunities to move around and get your career established. And again, the, the way you will develop the network of people that you meet when you work in different departments or at different locations, or even be prepared to work in different industries. Maybe you go from retail to pharmaceutical, to automotive manufacturing. Um, and, and again, those new perspectives open your eyes to seeing things with a different point of view. And you might be that person who uh, is able to help facilitate breakthrough improvement as opposed to just continuous improvement because you saw something the other people couldn't see because of maybe groupthink mentality. So Look, look for opportunities while you're young. Mix it up and take advantage of opportunities to move around and opportunities to travel. Those are wise words indeed. Very wise words, Mike. I think that we might have been raised by the same mother. <laughs> I know we said that, uh, you know, no job was beneath me. As long as the work that I was doing was honest work, then every job was, you know, a worthy job and to do it to the best of my ability which you always have done. Uh, you mentioned our Purpleosity presentation and just for those who are listening in who might not be familiar with what we mean, 
by purpleosity. It's the ability to set yourself apart. It's the ability to leverage your own unique skills and uh, capabilities. And you have always demonstrated that. And we are really, really grateful to have you on our podcast today. I think you've not only demonstrated why supply chain rocks, it's why we believe that Mike Ford rocks. That's true. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Thank you so much. So we're going to wrap up this episode. We hope everyone really enjoys listening to our conversation with our good friend, the mountain man, Mr. Michael Ford. And we look forward to having you on our next podcast as well. 10-4 and 2024 blessings to everyone who is uh, dialed in. Excellent. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Supply Chain Rocks. We hope you've been inspired and informed during our time together. Learn more about the training events we offer by visiting our website at supplychainmavens.net. We'll be back in two weeks.